I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to the Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. We have a very special episode today. We have a returning guest from episode number three who was off on a huge adventure to raise money and awareness for Shake It Up Australia. So please welcome back to give us an update on how the trek went. It is Sandra Gershwitz. Hi, Sandy. Hi, how are you, Amy? I'm so excited to have you here and I've gotten so much feedback that said we have to know how they went on the trek. Uh, So very excited to give the audience an update. So you were going to the Mount Everest base camp to do that big hike. Tell us how it went. Well, very, very interesting. Um, We didn't get to Everest, sadly. We got got on the plane, we were all buckled in, we were on the runway, we were motoring out. And um, all of a sudden the plane did a weird detour and we're turning around. Next minute the pilot's turning around to us and saying, sorry, we're not going to Everest today. We're not going to Luca. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we were kind of a bit shocked. We were like, oh, okay. And they yeah, continued on to say the weather wasn't um, permitting for us to land. It wasn't safe for us to land. So we went back and we sat back in the airport. And like, this is about 7 o'clock in the morning. We're on the plane, the charter flight. And, yeah, we sat in the airport until about 2 p.m. and um, discovered a nice little area, restaurant area in the top of the airport. So a couple of us went up there and sat where it was more comfortable than sitting down on the seats. And then we ended up going back to the resort where we were staying or the hotel. And uh, we had a round-the-table conversation about what we were going to do and what were our options. We had talked about going to Mount Annapurna. And, you know, obviously we were most disappointed we weren't going to Everest because that's where we were set. So the option was uh, Mount Annapuna, which is a mountain that is um, harder than Everest, in fact, because it's up and down about three or four other mountains uh, to get to the top of base camp in, on that one, where Everest is a continuation of going up. So, um, yeah, some did end up going to Everest out of our group of 13. So five went to Everest and, well, five attempted Everest. And it meant about a seven or eight hour bus ride. And um, it was put to me, well, hang on, everyone's advertised that you're going to Everest. We need to go to Everest. And um, luckily Gary said, well, hang on, that can be fixed. So we'll just email, shake it up, let them know that what's happened and, you know, safety is paramount. And I wasn't feeling comfortable about going to what they were going to do to how they were going to get to Everest. And I was the last one to make the decision of where I was going. Yeah, I decided because I didn't want to sit on a bus for seven or eight hours. 
And also the bus going to Everest is, um, you know, not like our buses. <laughs> They're, you know, pushed in like sardines, probably no seatbelts. Well, no seatbelts or, or they are the, I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, and the roads, it's a third, third world country. And so therefore the roads aren't as good. And I thought sitting on a bus for that long with Parkinson's um, and then trying to be non-exhausted before I even start wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, so eight of us went to Annapurna. So that was pretty amazing. Okay, so you pivoted, things changed, weather we don't have any control over. So as much as it's, I guess, not the news we wanted to hear, it sounds like you made the best of the situation and made the decision that you were comfortable with. Like I I think I would be exactly with you of not wanting to get on a bus uh, in somewhere that I, I didn't know and didn't know the conditions. So... I think that sounds like a very, very reasonable and correct decision. So tell us about what that hike was like. Well, that was really good. It was amazing. Um, yeah, we started off on a boat. We flew over to um, Pokhara and we stayed a night in Pokhara and then we jumped on a bus and we went to the you know, the foot of where we had to start from. And so, yeah, we um, headed up the mountain there from there, this other place. So it was a little bit interesting to start off with. Being that I was travelling with um, a girlfriend and her son, so they knew me quite well and they knew well, how my Parkinson's worked, but nobody else did, so that was interesting. I was slow all the way um, and so they were concerned. So the first uh, first day we got part way, and um, my girlfriend was told to keep on going. I was staying back with... Um, my physiotherapist walked with me initially and a, and a guide. And I, unto me, known to me, they had organised a jeep partway to take me the rest of the way. So in that itself, I was a little bit disappointed because I didn't get to do that part of the walk. Because um, they, they were concerned and, yeah, that's fair enough because people don't understand Parkinson's. Again, you know, bringing awareness to young onset so they soon learnt in the days that we were away how how I react and how, and what my body does. Um, but, you know, it was nice. I was up, up there early for the first day and um, experienced, you know, um, some of the different roads and different things and um, cliffs in, the, in a car. <laughs> and then the next day I started off heading up. You know, overall pretty good day. Um, but again, um, it, it was continuously reminded to me, okay, we've got X amount of kilometres to do. It normally takes this amount of time. It's going to take us hours. We're going to get in at dark, blah, blah, blah. And and as anyone with Parkinson's knows, the more you push, the more your body shuts down. Well, it does for me anyway. Um, so that was, a, yeah, a really hard day um, because I felt, yeah, being pushed continuously. And so that brought its own interesting bits because, yeah, every time we passed somebody, I would slow down. I'd have to pull the crop over because, yeah, it was just just difficult at times. Um, and that we weren't even on the cliff's edges at that point. So then the next day I ended up walking basically with my guide. By then they decided that I wasn't carrying my bag, my backpack. And I kept on saying that, you know, for balance, I'm so used to training with weight on my back. Um, it helped me with my balance going up and down the different locations and they insisted. 
And, you know, especially once the guides realised that I had Parkinson's and they questioned, you know, the others what it was about. And um, Mr Ram, um, who is, you know, Nepal Spirit Adventures, um, he, you know, said, you know, she's got to make it. We've got to help her out, make sure she makes it. So that was their, their aim to look after me. So, so again, I was very privileged. We had one of the, um, one of the porters every night would come back and he'd, you know, walk, walk our luggage up and then he'd come back and collect my backpack and help and talk to us along the way. So that was really cool. I ended up the others, what was it? The other six, predominantly six or five would walk ahead and so they'd get in you know, two, three, four, five hours ahead of me. Um, there was another lady called Marita and uh, she ended up walking, you know, we walked close together most of the time and um, and another guy also sometimes walked with us as well a lot of the time. And so then it become, you know, the two porters would come back, pick up our backpacks and help us along the way, which was great. We went through, um, you know, like forests, you know, wondering, you know, where the um, ferries were coming out. Uh, the landscape was amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, the people were incredible, very helpful. Um, but there was an interesting story. We got to one point and there was um, Marita and myself. Yeah, I think, yeah, and Ian was there with us. And then our guide, uh, Vikram. And he obviously knew the people and um, there was a little tea house and it was coming in raining so everyone decided to, you know, put their waterproofs on. So we went in there and had a chat and whatnot and I thought, oh, they seem really nice people and, you know, because it's such a poor country, you know, and I said, like I said to him, in my country I'm very poor but in your country I'm very rich. So I kind of felt, you know, like I liked to help them out and I bought some chocolate and so that caused us to stay there longer and chatting away and stuff. And um, the guy turns around because we got quite comfortable chatting and he said to us, um, oh, you're fat. You're very fat. You're not going to make it. I just laughed and I thought, okay. And Vikram quickly turned around and said, oh, but she's very strong. She's very strong. She's really good. She'll make it. (laughs) And Marita turns around and said, well, she's fat. I'm old. So the fat and the old are going to make it. more or less <laughs> and um so that was interesting and then the next day we're walking along we stopped and we did some stretches and we had a cup of tea in another tea house and there was the three of us there and I was um sitting outside one area and just waiting for everyone else to you know they were, we were all doing bits and pieces you know whether it was changing clothing or putting on more you know 50 plus or whatever and this guy walks up to me and goes Oh, you must be a hundred kilos. I'm like, oh, and he's like, you're going to walk this, and I was like, okay, right. My weight and my look out outlook um, is really interesting to everyone on this mountain. And then um, the next day, we're walking along, and I said to Vikram, "What's that guy laughing?" I said, "I feel like he's laughing at me." And he goes, "Oh, yeah, he just said you're fat. You're not going to make it." <laughs> so I thought that's interesting. So. By the end of the journey, or halfway through the journey, I should say, it become a joke. The fat and the old are making the making the um, base camp. So that's interesting things because things that have come up out of it. Um, there's three of us that have become you know quite good friends. So Marita's in Darwin. We've got Valerie in the US, and 
So it's kind of like, let's make a book out of it. <laughs> so watch this space. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, we um, went through all different ranges of uh, weather. We In one day, we went through warmth, then rain, then hail and snow. And I've lived in South Australia and, you know, out on the farm we had hail and it was pretty full on, but not hail like over there. It hit hard. It went through the clothing. It hurt my ear. <laughs> it was really interesting. Um, yeah, here we are hunched over the side of the mountain um, trying to protect themselves from hail and I just turned around and said, well, who knows how long it's going to hail. Let's just keep on walking. So, yeah, so it was still safe to keep on walking. So we did that and then we got out of that and um, we saw around um, landslides, we saw around um, avalanches um, on the other side of the mountain and, you know, Vikram would say to me, you know, just take it slow. Slow is good and slow and steady basically. And I would just sit down on the chair on the steps and um, rest at times and um, then we'd see another lot of stairs in front of us and we'd be like, oh, no, not more stairs. So, you know, I ended up calling out to Marita continuously, we love stairs, we love stairs. So we did a lot of stairs. Um, but I found it was really interesting. At one stage, people thought I was racing. And anyone with Parkinson's knows, you know, when you do something over and over and over, it kind of becomes easier. It's patterning. So there were stages where I would just all of a sudden, like, you know, walk really quickly and I felt normal. Um, I might run and... I actually got, you know, halfway through, I started feeling, I'm normal. I don't feel as though I have Parkinson's. It was really amazing, like being out in the environment, you know, less, less concrete jungle. It was natural jungle, natural landscape, the air, the people. They were friendly, you know, we'd laugh, we'd cry. We went through all the emotions. It was just amazing. And, yeah, so it was so, so good. It sounds like you really had the chance to, I guess, prove to yourself and to all these people along the hike how much you are capable of that Parkinson's doesn't stop you from being able to do that. Maybe you need a few more considerations made to be able to do something like that, but that you can, that you can hike a mountain. It's huge. Oh, it is, yeah. Like, And even uh, when we got up to NBC, uh, that's right, yeah, and um, it, it had started snowing by that point. We got up there and, you know, one of us, or there was one in the group that decided that, no, I'm not going anyway. I'd had, I'd had my tears before we got there in the morning. And um, it's like, oh, what's going on? My friend ended up being sick, so she couldn't come the next section. So that really bothered me. So then when we got up to NBC, um, Marita had was in tears and she's like I'm not going any further I'm like Marita it's okay you know we can sit here the others are going off as they always did because they went off ahead of us um, Marita and I would start early in the morning about um, we'd be on the road by about seven well that was the aim and um, we'd leave about an hour before everybody else I said to you, you know what I'm the slowest here it doesn't matter like we can just sit here for a while and we just do it slowly so we sat there for extra time and we probably all need, you know, us in our small little group needed it um, just to recap and, um, yeah, then we headed off. So that was really wonderful to be with somebody that also was having her own, what's the saying, I'll say issues but that's not, not things, own things happening and she was tired and exhausted 
Um, she'd never, you know, done a hike like this before. And, yeah, so it was really nice that, you know, we ended up heading off together. And it became fun because, you know, we also had um, my friend's son with us, Blaze, and he, you know, was a 17-year-old that had put shoes on for the first time in Kathmandu to walk up Everest or walk up Mount Annapurna. And he turned into, like Marita said, a (laughs) 10-year-old and throwing snow at the guides and stuff like that. And so then they started throwing snowballs back and, um, yeah, we become, you know, having a lot of fun. And I badly, when I saw the snow and as we got higher and higher, I just said, you know, I've got to, you know, like lay in the snow. I've just got to fall backwards in the snow. And so they're like, no, no. (laughs) But, yeah, so we just had a lot of fun. It went from, you know, that that day was like, you know, half a foot of snow and um, getting up there and it got harder and harder. And, yeah, I just kind of thought, well, I've just got to do it. Like there was no part of me ever thinking I'm not going to make this. I just knew I just had to do it and I wanted to do it. And um, I, mind you, when we got up to um, ABC, which is Annapurna Base Camp, every other day I walked in, yay, I'm here. That day it's like I did not have the energy. <laughs> They're like, way, well, you know, you know, Sandra, you're here. And it's like, oh, am I? Really? Just where can I sit down and just get all this stuff off me? Like, <laughs> So it, it was a really a, probably a surreal feeling um, getting up the top there. And it's kind of like, oh, we've made it. Really? <laughs> so, But it was very cold. And also toileting along the way. You're squatting down. So anyone with Parkinson's would understand. Moving and squatting and that wasn't as easy. Initially, I was just like, oh, am I going to fall over in this? <laughs> so, but um, by the end, it was actually quite good. It's amazing what you do over and over, how the body can and the mind can affect and what you can do. So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The like trek itself is obviously one huge physical challenge, but it's everything around that that's also an additional stressor, be it the changes of temperature, the bathroom situation, I'm sure dietary wise you were eating different foods you also mentioned that you felt like I guess the walking did get easier so how did your um, Parkinson's symptoms respond to the hike and the temperature and all of those different situations you were putting it in well yeah I thought the temperature the coldness would affect me badly because um, that's part of the reason why I live in Queensland because the cold does affect me but in actual fact, because we were moving all the time, it was really, really good. It didn't, the cold initially in the morning, it was a little bit harder. My first hour or so was um, not, not not the best. Like it was, yeah, I was slower. Then I'd fasten up. Um, I did take extra medication, which I had spoken to my specialist beforehand what to do. And when I'd done one of the 30K walks, um, up here on the Sunshine Coast last year, that's what he said to take extra medication every two hours. So a couple of times we didn't take that medic. I didn't take the medication, and uh, or I took it too late, not realizing the time. So then um, I slowed right back. So you know, you, I'd have to have something to eat, and you know, all the prompts that I know to help me get moving. So everyone become known exactly where my medication was what time of day I'd have it and uh, 
they'd be saying, okay, which one are we having now? Are we having Metapar or are we having Cifrol? <laughs> so um, I had a lot of support. But, yeah, to do it again, which I'm planning, I, I would love to do Everest and I'd love to do another trek as well. We're going to do it the Parkies way. So there's a small group of us that are getting together and um, I've already made contact uh, you know, through the awareness and everything happening back here in Australia. Um, I was contacted by a few other people with um, Young Onset Parkinson's and um, there's other people interested in doing the walks with me, which is absolutely amazing. Um, again, to get more awareness out that, you know, just because we're young and we have this and and that people can see that we can still do things, but we just do it differently. When I got up to ABC, apparently um, they were thinking that they'd have to fly me out. Um, they were concerned for me. And my girlfriend's like, you don't know Sandra. <laughs> you need to talk to her before you start planning things. And um, that was a bit like the G episode. She was a bit annoyed because it's like, you don't understand this woman. <laughs> like, There's no no in her vocabulary type of thing. And then on the way back down one day, we when we left ABC, that was a massive day, huge day. So, again, you know, we're up early at 6 or, and, you know, trying, trying to get on the road about 7-ish. And uh, that day we had some photos, so we did sail a little bit later. And we had changed the location of that evening where we were going to be because on the way up we found another little tea house or a bigger tea house and it looked a lot more comfortable and nicer and, and it had um, western toilets. Yeah, so that was that's a really nice thing. It's like we'd all check out the, or especially the females, we'd check out the toilets. Are they Western toilets or are they non-Western toilets? <laughs> yeah, we walked a bit further that day, so I actually didn't get in until about nine thirty that night. And um, I was we were walking in the dark. The porter had actually walked right back to us. He'd walked, was it two hours or three hours or something? He'd walked back to collect us. But then by this time of day, it was so slow. I was so slow. Um, so everything took a lot longer for me to move. So, um, but so we were, I did one night talk, uh, walk in the, um, on the mountain. And that's interesting because everything like is really there, really on the side. Again, space for Parkinson's is an issue and, you know, walking on ledges. So I was really quite pleased and proud of myself at times because I'd look down and it's like, yeah, two inches and there's the side of the mountain. So it's a you know, really interesting yeah, thing dealing with that. Oh, you should be incredibly proud. It's a phenomenal achievement for any person to do, let alone when you've got other health challenges that you're dealing with as well. So it's a an amazing, amazing feat that you've accomplished. You did say just before that you are planning on doing some more hikes with the Parkinson's community. If someone listening wants to find out more, perhaps they want to do a trek too, where would they go to get more information? Um, yeah, go to my page, either Move YOPD um, or Move YOPD at Outlook.com is my email. Follow me on Move YOPD on the Facebook yeah, be and contact me, contact us through there. Beautiful. Well, I hope to hear that there's another trek coming up and we'll have you on again to hear about whether it's back to Mount Everest or wherever you're off to next. But congratulations on the trek that you did do. 
and for conquering that big mountain and the night climbs and the toilets and all of the things that come with it. Amazing achievement, Sandy, and can't wait to hear what's next. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. So much fun doing all these things. And, yeah, and I think it's also important for us all to have something to aim for because, you know, I'm not working and, um, yeah, aiming for something is is really important because coming back after doing it, everyone said, oh, you did so much work, you pushed your body, slow down, you know, don't do as much. And I've listened to that, you know, like um, some of the allied health people have said, and my body's gone complete opposite, going right down into slow mode. And I'm now back to a stage where I'm struggling to get up and to get going in the mornings. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting finding that happy medium for your body and finding what you need. And, yeah, I went to somebody yesterday, an allied health person, and she said to me, Sandra, what's going on? You, I haven't seen your body this bad in a long, long time. She said, you know, you obviously need that walking and, um, you know, I need to be doing minimum five-kilometre walk a day. Probably, you know, 10 kilometres would be ideal. But, yeah, it's funny when you get back and your life is back to normal and the normal stresses, you just slot back into things, which, um, you know, I've got friends that have said, you know, um, you need to tell my husband or you need to tell, you know, my partner, you know, get up off the lounge and do things. And I can really understand how you can slot back into that. Sitting on that lounge is so much comfortable and not moving and how the body just slows right, right back down. So it's really, really important for people with Parkinson's to actually get up and move and don't stop moving. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's what you said, that balance, the happy medium of obviously resting the body where it needs to, but keeping it moving where you can and having that goal and that purpose, that thing that you're you're looking forward to and driving towards. Totally, yes. Well, you are very inspiring, Sandy. Thank you so much for telling us about it. And again, congratulations on the achievement. And I hope you get lots of messages from people that are interested in joining you on the next one because I think having a group Parkinson's expedition would be fantastic. Yes, and the Parkies way, well and truly. (laughs) The Parkies way indeed. (laughs) Thanks for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking Australian research that aims to slow, stop and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. To support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast. Together, we can find a cure.